Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Joe Pang. Joe is a consultant and mindfulness teacher who helps people and organizations consciously cultivate the seeds of compassion, wisdom, and happiness that lie within all of us so that we can offer the best of ourselves to the earth and all of its beings. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. You sound like a very nice person to have around. <laughs> I, I'm weird and wacky. I think that's why oh, I'm here, right? right good. <laughs> uh, that's good. Then you're in the right place. But you're also yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Thanks. So, yeah. I mean, I, so <laughs> I love this kind of stuff. You have no idea. This is you're 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 in my world. So tell me, how did you get started on this path? Ooh, so loaded um, question. It is I know. First question. Um, so I started on this path about seven years ago. Um, like many, I think, who kind of start on this path, it's often in a time of things falling apart, right? right. Like our, the refuges that we thought would work out, our relationships, our work, our animals staying alive, or people, you know, these things that are really not that reliable in the end, um, falling apart. And so it was a time in my life that a few different things happened that, you know, I couldn't take refuge in those things anymore. Right. And uh, someone gave me the book, When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. Ooh, it's an yeah. incredible, yeah, yeah, incredible book. And uh, that really started me on my journey where I, you know, first was sort of more of an intellectual um, mindfulness practitioner where I was just reading about it, but not really sitting and actually doing the practice because I had to really, you know, believe in it first, right? right? right. Um, so I started just by kind of seeing it as more of a philosophy and starting to reframe the ways that I was thinking about life. And then from there, um, realized and started to make the connection of why the practice was the real way to cultivate mindfulness. And so that's, that's through meditation. And so that's how I ended up, uh, starting to do that. And it's been, um, an incredible journey and, and transformation since then, which I'm sure we'll get into. And it's, it's, I think, you know, people that don't understand, you know, they think it's it's also woo woo, and they mm. and it's hard for them to. But there really is something about getting into that space of meditation and being quiet. And so I I call it the time where the universe like tells me what the heck I'm supposed to be mm. doing with myself. You know, I'm, I'm a very compliant student of yeah. the universe. <laughs> so sometimes the universe wants me to do things. I'm like, I do not understand why you want me to do this, but I do it. Yeah. And then later on, you go, oh, that's yeah. why I had to do that. Yeah. And I love those moments. I mean, to me, it's like, okay, that makes sense. But, you know, to the world, sometimes I, I think I might look a little flaky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm a flake with purpose. Yeah. Right? So, um, so for you, I mean, those moments when, when you're in that mindful place, like, what does that feel like to you? Yeah. Well, I, I totally get what you're saying that it's kind of been seen before as a woo-woo practice because in many ways we haven't had the science to really support what people have actually known for thousands of years are, are better ways to relate to our thoughts and emotions and our being than what we our default is. Right. Um, and so... I think now what's so incredible and and what I think an interesting time that we're in is science is really showing and supporting that, oh, actually we can train our brains to be uh, more happy, to be more compassionate, to be more aware that we can actually do something about it. Just like we've always known, well, we can learn, we can read books and we can cultivate knowledge. Wow, we can actually also cultivate wisdom and compassion. And so that's what's what's so fascinating. I'm definitely, I'm a recovering practical person. You know, I'm absolutely... (laughs) 
extremely <laughs> practical um, and have, you know, become, found myself becoming more and more comfortable with the woo-woo as I continue in this right? practice because it's truth there too. And, and, um, and I think it's an interesting time. So for me, you know, the... To your question, the times of mindfulness, or if we talk about the meditation practice, what it is, is really, like you're saying, is a time to, whether you want to call it the universe telling you what to do, or you want to just say, hey, just like, you know, when I sit with you, I get to learn about you a little more, you get to learn about me a little more, then, you know, are we offering that to ourselves? And most of us would honestly say no, right? The moment we sit down and we're not doing anything, what are we doing? Sleeping right? That's uh-huh. mostly what we're doing. Um, and so if we don't spend quality time with ourselves, say, okay, let's check in. So I sit, I intentionally am bored I, because I'm just focusing on resting my attention on the present moment, which is not, nothing much happening. Um, and so then all the thoughts and the emotions and things that we don't consciously know about throughout the day, because we're distracting ourselves, come up. And instead of our usual, which is if we don't like the thought or we want to resist, we resist or push, push, it, push it away. Push it down, exactly, right, or yeah. try to distract ourselves or we brood about it endlessly. Um, these are the times where we can actually just be aware. Okay, oh, I was worrying about that thing again. But no need to analyze and go down the thought train, all that. Oh, I was thinking and oh, I was worrying. Oh, I'm still worrying about that thing. Oh, I was judging myself for my worrying. Oh, I'm judging myself, you know, and on and on. And so we can just notice and then let go and then notice and let go. So it's our time where we just actually generously listening to all the all the top 10 tunes of our mind and we might not love them, but it's the first time I think for many people when we start, it can be the first time that we actually learn to be with who we are without pushing it away, without trying to change just to get to know. And it's a real act of kindness. And when we do that repeatedly, not only... Um, do we learn how to relate to our lives differently outside of meditation, but we also uh, learn to start accepting ourselves and, and who we are and we just learn who we are, uh, which how and, can we do if we don't spend that kind of quality time? And who others are as well. Exactly. Because I think, you know, um, it's easy to get judgy with mm-hmm. people and it's easy to, <laughs> you, you know, you like, <laughs> yeah, I know, but have you ever heard of that? Judging <laughs> no, others? No. Um, but it, and it's, and it's easy to be like, that person is that way because mm-hmm. like, you know, people get this perspective, they have a perspective in their mind of why that person behaves in such a, a manner. Yeah. But if you look at that from a compassionate place and a wise place, many times you, you, I mean, I feel things. Mm-hmm. I was just recently, um, with someone who which feels like a hard edge type person. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to get to know you. I, I don't, I can't, you know, don't embrace me. I'm not going to embrace you. Just like kind of yeah. have a wall up. Yeah. But as I've talked to them, I'm getting insight as to why they yeah. behave in that manner. And, and, and I had compassion that I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I know where this is coming from. Now, this is the universe just sharing with me, mm-hmm. you know, which freaks people out, right? Because they think, are you in my head trying to learn things about me, Mish? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. Nah. The universe just tells, I mean, I just go, it's not yeah. like I'm like, you know, trying sure. to, ooh, I know everything about Joe now, you right. know, right? But the universe, I think, gives you that information so that you can come from a place of compassion with everyone that's in your world. Yeah. It's an important thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the compassion part is really, when I really think about why do I want to teach this and what's really driving is is to say that um is you know we often go in this practice with just i just want to be happier like this is not i i don't find life has to be better than this right, right. that's mostly 
what we go into the practice for. And at least I found in my journey and, and many, many, many others um, kind of report the same thing is that as we, as we heal ourselves, then we start to see that, hey, when I've acted in ways that aren't great um, toward myself or others, it's often not from a place of my best self. It's often from a place of my own suffering and my own struggles that, um, I, that I did that. And so when we start to see that's true for us, then we start to see that that's true for everyone. And so um, that's where even in difficult circumstances, Circumstances, it, we can we can really see the humanity behind other people rather than um, rather than the manifestation of their suffering that they've not been able to sort of resolve and work through, and that's to me the real beauty of mindfulness. Not it's not like oh can I be aware? Can I just be happier? It's not a selfish thing. It's actually so that we can show up in the world and and in all circumstances. Um, be able to not build walls and to actually make connections, you know? Yeah, so and it's, it's that ripple effect, absolutely. you know? So you're creating health and healing and love yep. and compassion within your 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 own being. And then it just sort of absolutely. spreads out from there, which... Yep. Ah. Yeah, and what's amazing is that, hey, you know, what makes me happier is also what, you know, that it's, it's actually it's compassion turns from like this idea of altruism where like I have to lose in order for me to give and I have to serve um, more to this. No, actually, like compassion is the only way to be happy and yes. vice versa, right? So then it's not even like I'm giving up anything. I'm actually, we're both benefiting. And, and I think that's what makes me hopeful about humanity's prospects is that it's very much in our evolutionary trajectory to be compassionate because our brain lights up. We're rewarded for it, right? So over time, um, I believe that we are moving, and many scientists agree, we're moving towards more compassion, um, but this practice allows us to not wait thousands of years when our future uh, beings are just naturally more compassionate. Right, right, it allows right. us to, in our little lifetimes, uh, start that that train of evolution, you know, intentionally uh, helping our brain go to compassion first. So that's the, that's where I think this practice is at least gives me hope in times where I think a lot of people uh, can find it not so hopeful if we look in the environment exactly. on and on. So, oh my yeah. gosh, I love this. All right, Joe, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get right back on that subject because I love this. We'll be right back. We are back with Joe Pang, and we were talking about. So, in the break, we were talking about how some people are going, you know, de evolved, de evolution, but we wanted, we were all for the evolution. And there is that. I mean, so I feel at this time, things are so evidently crazy, you know, crazier than ever. And it's because we're asking everybody to get this big change, mm -hmm. right? And some of them are going to go kicking and screaming. Some of them are going to resist, 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 because it means you're going to make me change things that I don't really want to face or look at. Do you mm -hmm. feel that way? Yeah. I mean, I think this time is asking us to look a little more deeply into some of the ways that we've been doing things and maybe looking more deeply into how interconnected everything is and, um, and how... We can't separate things, even just like environmentally, we can't compartmentalize like right. we kind of like to do. It's in some ways shifting from like a me mechanistic view of the world to something that's a little bit more organic. And I think um, 
what that calls for is a deep level of self-awareness that and um and higher level of consciousness that we we all have the potential for uh but what that does take is is kind of turning into our hurt um because that is in some ways the first step is if we aren't healed ourselves if we have right. things that we um haven't really learned to work through if we haven't learned to really accept who we are and by accept I don't mean like get complacent I just mean uh not always be in this state of I'm not enough and I need if I'm only this much more this or much more that then I'll be happy learning to let uh that go I think it's hard work it's you know a lot it's hard work. work and when we start we realize pretty quickly how rewarding it is right like um people that run I don't so I'm this is hearsay people that start to run uh you know at first it's hard work and then it's um it's something that you just can't imagine life without it and i think it's the same way with you know becoming more conscious and like consciously becoming more conscious is that at first it does take us to look in and it's and it's hard work but uh over time it's like this actually feels incredible because i'm living in alignment with my values more yes. often yes and so and i and i think that a lot of us are you know we we talk about you know, we've all had our traumas we've all had the, our uphill climb you know to and and do you feel that that is an integral part of getting there i mean i mean i've had diff, you know i obviously am not a bald woman just because you know there's like stress stuff that happened behind this right and so do you feel like that trauma part that we go through and we look mm -hmm. at and we get in alignment with you know what we're supposed to be instead of denying what we're mm -hmm. not supposed to be i mean don't don't you think some of us that's why we go through the really tough traumas yes. so that we can get to that place and teach others absolutely yes that resonates very much with me um i think that the suffering is really the especially as we start the practice i think of of just transforming right is the suffering is the uh, working material, it's the clay. And uh, I think gives us the, if we can learn to work with that and accept that and um, transform that, then uh, then we've we've evolved, you know, then, then we've worked through that. And for me, about when I started the practice, um, after about a couple of years in, it became very apparent to me that I'm transgender. And it was something that I had lived most of my, basically between the ages of two and a half and, um, or, or about five when, uh, and, you know, 26 or something where I'd just kind of been in, in denial, not really like consciously aware of that. Right. Um, and it was, I think really through this practice of, uh, again, being with the suffering that, that were more like uh, manifestations of that, right? Where I I didn't, and just like regular life stuff. But um, as I started to see the top 40 tunes and I started to kind of just accept, okay, like, you know, this is my mind. I started to get to know, then it, it wasn't like, aha, on the on the cushion that I was like, oh, I'm trans, you know? It was right. more just like, <laughs> it's that was that was clearly a part of the picture. And um and so through that and through accepting that, which took a lot of, of self-acceptance to be able to accept it and then kind of tell the world, hey, this is, this is my truth. And, um, and what I, what I recognize and, and sort of a profound moment in my life was when I had come out to my family, I came home and I looked at uh, some of the journals when I was home that my mom kept of me when I was a, a baby, um, two and a half uh, onward, 
over and over again, she was writing that I was telling her that I was a boy. And, um, and so what I, what I think is that as we learn to let sit with the suffering that we have, mm-hmm. the anxieties, the depressions, start to understand um, how it arises, what, what it feels like, how it arises, and then we start to come home to who we are before we were told what we should be. And that is the self-actualization, that is the, uh, the self-compassion that we develop. And, and so that's what I, I often think of in this, in this practice and transformation is we can use the suffering to come home as signals to, hey, what am I neglecting? Right. You know, what am I not working with? And if we can do that and, um, and start to learn to work with it, I think we start to discover again who we are. So it's less of a, hey, here's a new thing that you have to do and add to your plate. It's actually a process of of letting go. Right. Yeah. And and becoming who you actually are. Yeah. And, and and that's I mean, that's very profound. That's that takes bravery. That takes courage, you know, and so many people are afraid to say this is who I am mm-hmm. because they think, oh, then these there's I might not be accepted or Absolutely. But, But the people that don't accept you, do you really want them in your life? Right. You know, and then they too, it could be calling them to go on their own journey, you know, and I've noticed from just things that have happened with me, I, um, I had a really difficult time in my life where I had adopted, my husband and I adopted a little boy that ended up being a sociopath. Mm. And there were some people in my life, you know, this, this is a person that's killing killing animals, mm. you know, killing the pet kind of thing, telling me how he's going to kill myself and my daughter. Very scary stuff. Mm. But there were people in my life that were looking at it from like, oh my gosh, she's just terrible that she wants to get rid of this child. I'm like, this child is a sociopath. Here's, you know, we there's no way to get a conscience in there. There's never been one. Mm. And I was very angry with this, with a few of these people that just, I was like, what is their deal? And when I went into meditation about it and asked the universe, I'm like, I am reeling with this. I can't forgive these people. Yeah. How do I forgive these people? And what came to me, they said, that I, the, they, my people, <laughs> my people that I talked to in the universe, they, they, they basically were like, look at those people. They have all been abandoned by a parent. Mm. You are the parent that abandons to them and you're making them look at their own stuff and Mm. that's where their anger is coming from they're not taking into account that this child is a sociopath and you have a very good reason for this child not to be a part of your world and it it not then i could love them again yes then i could say oh so you're not being all bitchy to me you're you know this is this is me showing you a part of you Absolutely. that you're supposed to be healing. It's so it's just beautiful that Absolutely. these things can happen with us as human beings. Yeah, that definitely um, resonates. And I found that the people that, uh, A, I think that we can trust humanity more than maybe we do. That if we are coming from a place of, hey, I know, like a, a place of um, self-acceptance and compassion. And uh, then oftentimes when people can see that, they themselves feel that. Right. And then those that don't, it's certainly uh, those that don't, I've definitely come to realize the same, that it's often coming from their own sense of, of you know, maybe they've held back uh, certain 
things in their life thinking they had to fit in these norms and then seeing someone just say, hey, I'm not going to live someone else's life and I'm not going to kill myself either, right? Right, so, right, um, right. So basically, this is my only choice and I'll live it and I think that can bring up things in people and and so that that's, that's right. If we can see that they're, again, they are causing their attempt to cause you suffering is coming from their own suffering, then yeah, then yeah the compassion is possible. I love yeah. it. Ah, this is so great, Joe. Thank you for being here. We're yeah. going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We are back with Joe Pang, and I have questions. Um, so a, a mindful moment. Have you ever had a mindful moment that really surprised you? That like just, you didn't expect it and it just showed up? Mm, a mindful moment. Can I preface it why I'm asking yes, this? Yes, that would be great. Why are you asking <laughs> well, this? Well, because I, I had this experience, and, uh-huh. and it's so weird. that I mean, it was just one of these experiences where I was in Philadelphia. I was at Reading Market, and I there was a place I had tea. Mm-hmm. And I ordered a cup of tea and I, and, and I'm watching this person make this cup of tea and all of a sudden I like fell into sort of a trance. I was Mm. just watching them make this tea and I, and, and I was all into it and it was just the space of time that I was just Mm. watching this happen. And then they're like, here's your tea. And I was thinking, I just meditated Mm, right in the middle of this person making this tea for me, having no idea I was about to have a meditation, but it was this really weird, beautiful moment. I don't know what it means. I don't think it means anything. It was really good tea, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I do. Yeah. Thanks for um, clarifying that. Um, So that's one of maybe the first ahas that one, an aha that sometimes people have that I certainly had about how you meditate not to become really good at meditating, but so that we bring that quality of non-judgmental awareness and present moment awareness to the rest of life. And so I had this moment where I was driving to work um, and my mind was doing what it does, right? Which is thinking about the same thing again for I don't know how many times, even though you've probably learned all you've needed to know about it <laughs> after the second time thinking about it. But no, now I'm number 30 time thinking about it, right? Or planning for something in the future. I'm just over and over again, right? I'm, I'm a very, my work calls me to be very strategic. So my, my mind naturally goes there. So I was probably, I was doing one or the other. Uh, and again, beyond what's necessary, beyond what's productive. And I had this moment very just very distinct moment of oh do i want to be doing this with my mind no it's not beneficial okay well then i'll just drive and so then i just drove right and and it was it's that over and over again so like in the tea example and so now you know that was sort of maybe the most it was earlier in my practice was the most like whoa this thing's really working where i'm starting to not just be uh flown around, you know, like a balloon in the wind by whatever my mind decides to do. Right. That actually there is something that is consciousness that is aware of what's going on in my mind and in my surroundings that can choose where I want my mind to be. And that is very, I think, a very profound when it really starts to happen difference in living with mindfulness and without mindfulness. Because when we live without mindfulness, we really are just kind of doing whatever, just going along for the ride. Uh, and generally, because our brains are not exactly, you know, they've evolved for hundreds of thousands of years. So this modern life is very, 
you know, not necessarily optim. Our brain's not necessarily optimized for happiness, right? It's right, optimized right. for survival. And but our lives, at least here in this first world country, our lives aren't you know based on survival most yeah, of the time. The so most of the time, not around the corner. it's not around the corner. So I think that was maybe you know an example of like sort of a profound. Uh, realization of the choice that I have and the choice I was starting to be able to have because I'd practiced making that choice again and again on the meditation cushion. Oh, I have a thought, come back to presence. Oh, I have a thought, come back to presence. So you just start to create new pathways in your brain and then you start to make that choice in the rest of life. And um, that is a, a big key to just daily happiness is is that choice. You know? I love it. Yeah. So that brings me to my next question. I would, you said meditation cushion. Do you have... A dedicated space. I do. We um, we created a space. I started. Um, we actually have a room for it right now um, that we have uh, meditation cushions and and you know it doesn't need to be a room. It always used to just be sort of like a, a corner or just even a cushion sitting somewhere as sort of a reminder of oh my practice. Right. It's something. It's like you've created a little corner, a little space. So we we have. Um, a room because we've started doing community uh, gatherings at, oh, at really? our house. Yeah, to do um, to do meditation sits with with friends and eat together and create a uh, mindful community, which has uh, been a really beautiful experience. Sort of awkward at first in some ways, right? Because <laughs> it's like we're, yeah, because at, at, you know we're so used <laughs> we'll to kind nash, of we'll meditate exactly. So <laughs> so that's uh, the space that we've created and ourselves but a corner do, does as well it doesn't really matter as much as the reminder I like it well and it's true if you see it you're, yeah. that will rem, you'll remember you know oh, I haven't meditated I That's need right. to get back to that space or even if it's just bringing yourself back in yes. that moment yeah, you know absolutely so I want to go back in your history a little bit here sure with songkick.com oh do you is there an artist you follow on there I never heard of it until I saw it in your in your LinkedIn um, you know, I was just there for a few months, uh, and it was just a you know it was a um, a company in in the UK, and they are kind of like a um, they you know consolidate different gigs basically. And I just remember working there; it had all the setup for me to think to to be really awesome, right? It was you know hip, young, London. I was really young, and um, and you know it was it was a good experience in the in the startup world but what i realized is that i uh i really cared deeply about about um being able to influence change for people so one of the greatest lessons i learned was i'm even if it's i i need to be in situations and workplaces that um i can influence positive change in culture in in a deep way and and um leadership is a big part of that and so good learning um but it just a but tiny, I, it, but it made a big impact. It, we were there for did. just a little bit, it and it made this big it impact. Did. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it, it kind of clarified what my my true needs were in, in a workplace and in what I. But talk to, to that do. in the workplace because that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. So I um, I spent actually the last six years at Express Scripts, and then recently have been uh, with a consulting company called Solemn. And one of the things that we're doing at Solemn that I'm really excited about um, that I've been involved with throughout my career is really uh, how we uh, create workplaces that actually bring out the best in people. And I don't mean bring out the best skills, you know, make sure people can learn knowledge, you know, that I think we've got and and most, a lot of workplaces do pretty, pretty well. Um, 
But what I think a lot of workplaces accidentally do is create cultures that actually don't bring out the best, that bring out a lot of fear-based behavior mm-hmm. rather than abundance, you know, uh, pitting people in some form against each other, thinking that we need infighting in order to uh, become our best selves, which uh, a lot of research would suggest that, no, that that is not really right. that true. Who wants to um, wake up and go to that? Exactly. But, you know, that's kind of the nature of a lot of workplaces and also treating each individual as, as uh, components of machines that if we at least have the right strategy as a company then we just need to put people in the right spots and then like incentivize them by with carrots and you know reprimand them with sticks and then you know we'll get what we need rather than saying well wait if i just cultivate like soil if i just cultivate the people that are here help them bring their whole self and manifest their best self together uh, as individuals and as a collective group then the sky's the limit, right? We can choose to be a consulting one company one day. We can choose to make surfboards the next day, and we will be able trusting the the potential of humanity to do uh, to to do that if we are fully there. Because what I've seen in many workplaces is you are getting ten percent of 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 what's possible of right. people, and really? that's the greatest. Wow. I mean, that number is made up, but you know, I gotcha. <laughs> you get but the no, point. I, I get what you're saying. I mean, because. Um, so as part of an understanding, you know, I mean, you can have your own set of skills and way of being and what have you, but that that does not make a whole company. Right. Right. So you need other skills to come into play in order to grow that. I mean, I've done this with my own company. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm creative, juggling lots of balls, you know, woo, all over yeah. place, Miss doing her thing. But uh-huh. but then I have Jill who works with me and has worked with me from, you know, almost the very beginning. And Jill's like grounding Jill knows how to do spreadsheets yeah. you, know, she, yeah. you know what I mean yeah. you know like, like spreadsheets I'm like ah what yeah. <laughs> you know um, and so as part of it kind of helping everybody to see like here's how there's this we can have this beautiful puzzle, mm-hmm. but you're all a piece of that puzzle, and here's how you all fit in together. Yes, absolutely. Being purposeful about how when you bring people together and allow them to bring their whole, it's not saying, okay, you're in this department under this person, in which case you have to do this. And it's right. like, wait, but that's you know 20% of my possibility. I actually have lots of things that I could do, but now because I'm part of this cog, you know, and I'm a cog in this broader thing, and this is what I have to do, we're not allowing for natural emergence to occur where if you let people kind of evolve into who they are and then be with other people also evolving who they are. Of course, we have to be thoughtful and intentional about decision-making and, and how how to structure it in a way that allows for the possibilities to arise. Like right. So emergence being, you know, if you have, if an alien were to look at soil, seed, sun, water, they would have no idea that, oh, by the way, that turns into a tomato plant, right? It's It's like it, the, the parts right. don't always make sense to the sum, but that's the possibility that humans have if you allow for that natural process to occur. But a lot of companies um, have have created and, and mechanized things so much that we're not allowing for um, for a sort of natural selection. We're not allowing for you know this kind of synergy to occur in a way. So I think of it as how do we. I not being just me, just many uh, scholars are seeing companies. How do we actually model off of uh, off of ecosystems rather than machines? Right? right? How do we learn from the best of nature rather than thinking we can pred- predict and control and and think of humans as robots? We have robots to do that now. We can yeah, we right. can become our creative, weird, wacky, all the words that you started with <laughs> selves, right? Um, and we need organizations that allow for that. And and I think that that would also uh, maybe 
help the millennials to stick around a little bit yeah. longer because that's Absolutely. a part of the thing. People are talking about, oh, millennials, they only have eight, they'll be 18 months on the job. And I'm thinking, you did, there's a reason why they totally. left. Not because <laughs> exactly. they're, I'm a millennial and I can only be here 18 months. That's it. That's right. There's, there, you're not satisfying something within right. that culture of people to right. keep them around. Absolutely. Yes. I, I think that, yeah, it would solve the business need of keeping millennials. I don't think millennials just want to, <laughs> you know, have instability. Most people want some source of stability, right. but also there's a deeper meaning that's possible. So it's it's back to that evolution thing, right? Instead of saying, well, can't you just be happy with what we've had? You know, it's this is like, how it's well, been forever. It works great. <laughs> we could have said that a long time ago and still be living in caves. So, you know, like, let's, let's, Continue to evolve and right. know that these needs are have truth and wisdom in those two. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here and yeah, doing thank this. Thank you for what you're doing in the yeah, world. It's been That's wonderful so to, important. Thank you. It's been wonderful to talk to you and learn from you and fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you are going to be one of our TEDx Gateway Art speakers I at am. Think Well coming up April 12th. So thank you for that as yeah. well. Excited to. to See what you're going to present to us from the stage. A lot of work, yeah, isn't it? It is, but it's it's a great learning opportunity too. So that's what I've been really pleased by and just impressed by is how much support uh, comes with it. So Yay, thank couldn't you. pass it up. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Joe. Okay, well, thank you. And for everybody out there, you have been listening to Mishmash. Find us on iTunes, subscribe. Love you all. Bye. Bye.